Welcome to the C.K. Murley Podcast, featuring daily devotional studies on knowing, loving, and serving our Lord Jesus Christ. Each weekly program is from the book of that same title. I'm Pastor Watson, author of the book, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Meeker, Colorado, and director of Sola Scriptura Publications. This episode is part one of two on the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12, 13 through 21. You might want to read that before you continue. Money plays a crucial role in society. Since it is necessary commodity, we think much about it, how to get it, how to guard it, and how to grow it. Our Lord recognized this, and as a result, about one-third of his nearly 40 parables address money either directly or indirectly. Contrary to some thinking, money is not evil. Rather, the love of it is the root of all kinds of evil. 1 Timothy 6.10 Or it can also be rendered literally a root of all the evils. It's significant indeed that this does not say the love of the sword, or the modern equivalent, the gun, or any other object on earth is the root. Rather, the love of money is the root. Now, like all objects, money is morally neutral. That is why even wealth is not evil, according to Deuteronomy 8.18 and 1 Timothy 6.17. We could also compare that with Job 1.3, Genesis 13.2, 26.13, Ruth 2.1, and Matthew 27.57. Neither is it evil to invest, Matthew 25.27, save Proverbs 21.20 and 30.25, or even do financial planning, Proverbs 27.23 and 24. What matters, however, is the place we give money and what we do with it. The parable before us is a powerful one about greed and priorities, and it has much to say about our Christian service. Notice three principles with me. First, we read Jesus' warning in verse 15. The preamble of this parable in verses 13 and 14 consisted of a certain man who asked Jesus to settle an inheritance dispute between him and his brother. Rabbis often settled such matters, but Jesus wanted no part of such argument because it was driven by nothing but greed. He therefore warned, Beware of covetousness. The Greek here means greedy desire to have more, which is an excellent definition of our English word covetousness. You see, covetousness is indeed a greatly ignored sin, one that people consider being very serious, not very serious at all. But this, of course, overlooks, no doubt deliberately, the appearance of this prohibition in God's moral law, Thou shalt not covet, Exodus 20:17. So serious is it, in fact, that Paul included it in a list of horrific sins. In Colossians 3, 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and then finally covetousness, which is idolatry. Why does Paul call covetousness idolatry, that is, the worship of a false god? Puritan Henry Smith well answers, quote, 
Covetousness is called idolatry, which is worse than infidelity. For it is less rebellion not to honor the king than to set up another king against him." Unquote. So whatever object we covet, it is that object that we put in God's place, the one we now worship, adore, and desire. Oh, how on guard we must be here! Whether it be pleasure, possessions, power, popularity, or prestige, we must banish covetousness. We cannot serve God when we are serving another God. To adapt an old saying, whatever we covet is like seawater. The more we drink, the thirstier we become, and in the end it will destroy us. As Jesus went on to say, in effect, life is more than possessions. If you'd like to go a little deeper on your own, here are some scriptures for study. Read 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. What observations can you make there, and what strikes you the most profoundly? Our next episode is part two of two on this parable. May God richly bless you, my dear Christian friend. I pray that you will continue each day to seek Him early.